Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast in day 306 in our journey through the Bible. Today, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem and something is going to make him stand still. What is it? Let's talk about it today. Once again, welcome back, friends. Glad to have you on board here on the podcast and on board in this journey that we are taking through the Bible. We are on the backstretch. We are less than 65 days from completing the Bible. And for some that are following along, it's their first time. For others, they've read through it several times. But this time, we've got a group of us. And it's it's a little tough to do. People from different states and everywhere, it's not easy to communicate about this the whole time, and there's not been a ton of communication, but we can see on the version app that people are sticking with it, and here, when I hear feedback from you, and I'm just I'm so thankful for it, I hope it's been a help to you. But today, I want to look at one of the passages we read this last week, and over in Matthew chapter number 20, verse 29. Now, we've been in the Gospels. In this chronological study of the Bible, it's been taking us through the order of things. And as you know, as you read the Gospels, they are the different perspectives of these different men, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we're going to hear some repeat stories. And But we've come to the part now where Jesus, his triumphant entry, he has entered into Jerusalem. He's now a short time from being betrayed and to be crucified. And he's been on a mission to get to Jerusalem. I think it was even in John 11. Was it Thomas? Did you guys notice that? John 11 is a great passage. That's where uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But he said, we got to go to Jerusalem. And they're all like, oh, they're going to kill you. You get to Jerusalem. And Thomas goes, all right, let's go up to die. It was just that negative attitude of Thomas. But but uh, so they're in Jerusalem and Jesus is on a mission, but something stops him. And that's what I want to look at today. I'm going to pick up reading in Matthew 20 and verse 29. It says, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. So Jesus is not just with his 12 right now. There's a great multitude of people that have followed him. Where did these people come from? Well, they heard his teaching. They watched his miracles. Some of them were believers and followers. Some of them just needed things from him and wanted things from him. Some of them were skeptics and they were following him. But Jesus had a great multitude following him. And says, And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. So in this journey that Jesus is making in Jerusalem, he passes a couple of blind people. This isn't his first interaction with blind people. Jesus ran across several people that had ailments, that were sick, that were blind, that were lame. But here he comes across two blind people. They cried out to him by faith, asking for mercy, and they believed. He, they could tell by this. They called him Lord, and he said, Thou son of David. They believed that he was the Messiah. They believed that he could heal them. And so they cried out to him, and their cries were overshadowed at that point by the rebuke of the multitude. Notice it says in verse 31, and the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. So here these two men 
are in desperate need, but everybody else that's following Jesus, as opposed that if we can say it, a follower of Jesus, are rebuking two men that are needy. When Jesus has been helping the needy, but in their selfish mindset, they just want to shut these two up and be with Jesus and get their own needs met. And so they told him to hold their peace. But these two didn't stop. They weren't they didn't back down because of the multitude. They didn't back down because of the criticism. It says that, but they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. They continued to cry and continue. They were persistent. That's a lesson that Jesus has taught. He's already taught this lesson to his disciples about prayer when they said, Teach us to pray. He he gave them the illustration about the, the man who had some guests come at midnight and he knocks on the his neighbor's door asking for some food to feed them. He's taught them recently in Luke 18 that men ought always to pray and not to faint and gave the illustration of the widow woman that had been taken advantage of. And so here is an example of two men that were needy that per- were persistent in their prayers and their crying out to Jesus. And, and there's he's got a multitude follow him. He's on a mission towards to Jerusalem. These, these, the multitudes rebuking these two men, but I love verse 32. It says, and Jesus stood still. He stopped. I mean, Jesus, you've got all kinds of people around you. There's a lot of other needs. You've got to get to Jerusalem. But he stopped. Why? Faith and persistence, humility. These men were humbled by their circumstances. They realized there was nothing that they could do for themselves. They realized Jesus was their only hope. In faith, they cried out to God, and they continued to cry out to God, and they continued to cry out to God, and Jesus stood still. Oh, it wasn't popular. I mean, everybody else is telling these guys to be quiet. Jesus could have just kept moving. He could have told these guys to be quiet. But Jesus stood still. Still, I love this about our Savior. The outcast, the overlooked, Jesus cares for. I was talking to a guy today in the break room at work, actually. And the guy wasn't saying this necessarily in a negative way, but he said he's this guy has actually been in a church and he's been teaching through Daniel. So they were asking me some thoughts on that. And I thought it was interesting, good conversation. But he, he made this statement, and I didn't want to come across as disagreeing, but I gave an illustration. But he said this statement. He said, you know, God just was mad all the time in the Old Testament. And uh, I said to him, I said, well, it's interesting. And he was referring back to Exodus, which we've been teaching on, by the way. And I won't be here this Sunday to teach on Exodus. But I said, I've been teaching on Exodus. And I said, you know, God was frustrated with his people often. But I said, on another note, once they left Egypt, and once Moses could no longer lead them, and Joshua did, they first came to Jericho. And I said, what was the name of that woman, and what was her occupation that God showed compassion to? And he said, well, that's Rahab. I said, what was her occupation? I said, she was a harlot, an outcast. Uh, just a, uh, her former self, that is a wicked lifestyle, a harlot. But God had compassion on her. You see, 
God, yeah, he gets frustrated with his people. He got frustrated with Israel because he had given Israel everything and they forgot him. They left him. They abandoned him. They criticized him. They lacked faith. But here was a woman who was an outcast and she had faith. She trusted God and God showed compassion to her. So, uh, you know, I, I understand where that guy was coming from. And there's been a lot of people say that God just seemed mad in the Old Testament. And he, in the New Testament, he's loving. Um, I, I would have several issues in that, maybe another podcast. But I would say this, God was frustrated with his people, but he had compassion every time there was humility and faith. And here, Jesus stood still. And he called out to them, and he, and, and, he, and he asked them a very interesting thing. Did you notice this? He says, what will ye that I shall do unto you? Now, you would think they'd crawl back and say, hey, Jesus, I, I mean, I'm blind here. What do you think I want? But Jesus is doing something. He obviously knows what their problem is. But even though the book of James hasn't been written yet, Jesus is doing something here. Remember, James says, you have not because you ask not here he's asking these he's giving these men an opportunity to ask now they've been asking for mercy but he says what do you want specifically and they said lord that our eyes may be open they didn't ask for riches they didn't ask for fame they said we want our eyesight so jesus it says had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him man i would love to see that I would love to see that again, as I've said before. I hope in heaven. I used to say DVDs, but that's kind of like out now. So I don't know what it's going to be. Some future cool technology maybe when we get to heaven. But I want to watch these scenes. And I want to see the reaction of these men when they were able to finally see. But here's a moment of Jesus' compassion. The multitudes had been rebuking these two, telling them, be quiet. Leave him alone. But Jesus stood still. He had compassion. He made them request it. Good lesson here on prayer. You may say, well, God already knows. He should just give it to me. No, no, no. God wants us by faith and humbly to persistently ask. And these men had the persistent part down. They were continuously asking for mercy. But then he wanted them to get more specific. He said, what do you want? And they said, our eyesight. And immediately... Jesus touched their eyes. He gave them their eyesight. What do you need to get specific about in your life? What areas of your life do you need to get specific with God about in your prayer request? And you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I, I understand that Jesus is always available to us. I understand that Jesus is listening and he hears our prayers. So I'm saying this somewhat metaphorically, but I want my life to make Jesus stand still. And how does that happen? I think it's when I'm, by faith, persistently crying out humbly to God. That causes him to stand still. Metaphorically speaking, I understand he's in heaven, I understand he hears my prayers, but what captures the attention? He had all kinds of people around him. It says the Bible uses the word in a multitude of people. But what stopped him was two outcast blind people that humbly, continuously cried out to God. I want that to be me. And I'm sure 
you're listening to this podcast, you want that to be you. So I enjoyed this little nugget today from the end of chapter of Matthew. I hope that you are enjoying your study of the Bible and your journey. We're at day 306. I'm going to be leaving town and heading out to Utah to spend some time away with my wife as we celebrate our wedding anniversary. We're looking forward to that. If I get time here in a little bit, I'm going to record another podcast, a little bonus podcast to put on for Sunday since I won't be here teaching Exodus. It probably will not be on Exodus. And it's only if I'm able to get everything done that I need to get done. And I want to record another one for you. But thank you for for listening, being a friend of the podcast. I would encourage you, wherever you're listening right now, to go find a place where you can leave a review. You can leave a written review. That's always great. I may share some of those on the website. You can hit one of the stars if it has that. I'd love for you to give it a five star. That would be wonderful. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening so it comes to you in the easiest place for you to listen. And I may have some things going on around the corner. I actually wrote something today on an area that no one knows that I have. It is, I wrote it to oblivion, to no one. I just wrote it and it's online. You could probably find it, but no one knows. I'm going to write on that for a little bit, share that with you. Um, I, I just appreciate you guys listening as we're, we're getting down to the end of this year. And we'll see what's ahead for next year. Be prayerful about that. Be prayerful for the podcast. And if there's anything that I can pray for you about, please don't hesitate to reach out to me via email or social media, some way like that. Go to bradmcclure.org, sign up for that email newsletter. And then send me an email if you need to. Have a great week. We'll see you back Sunday.